Why don't we uh, get into it, shall we? Welcome, Crusaders and Pathfinders, to Ash's Path. Right, I'm going I'm to cut that dumb shit. Yeah, welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, everybody. The dedicated Ashes of Creation show that has been running for ages now. This is the 63rd episode. I know we've had a significant amount of time since the last one, but uh, people were on vacations and stuff and things, man. It's kind of important to take a break from time to time. But uh, I am joined today only by my co-host, Daedalus. Welcome, friend. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hell Yeah. You can thank him for the fantastic title. Seemed very fitting. And also in chat, uh, someone I haven't seen before, Wololu, uh, hmm. Wololu. <laughs> well, let's see if I can manage to do that every time I see this person in chat. How, how's it going, friend? And Chris Gaming, how you doing, buddy? Or Chris Games, how you doing, bud? So there have been a lot of changes here. I, hey, I tried. I tried. It's what counts, right? A for effort, right? Uh, or A for Ashes. <laughs> this is an Ashes show. We have a lot of different things to actually touch base on uh, this go around. Uh, it's been, oh, I'd say probably about a month, roughly. Uh, man, probably a little over that since the last show, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we have had a lot happen since then. A lot of actually really positive things, but um, not too, too much that we can't catch up on it all in one episode. Um, I was looking to potentially bring on another uh, guest for the show, but uh, man, time, man, time, time, time. But if anybody is interested in the future, uh, more than more than welcome to hit me up in Discord. Let me know if you're interested and we can talk about it for sure, because I'm all about bringing other cool community members onto the show, especially this year. I think I really want to start bringing on uh, more of the cool kids. And by cool kids, I mean people who are genuinely cool, not the fake poser kind or toxic kind. Because we don't like those types of people. Those are bad, bad people. Um, but there have been a lot of things. So we've got a lot of things to touch base on. And I was talking to Daedalus. And honestly, uh, we had a creative director's letter came out. We had the uh, p- the PI people, which is Phoenix Initiate, which means you're someone who's you know contributed a certain amount to the, uh, the game uh, in Kickstarter. And even post-Kickstarter, if you updated your backer level, et cetera. Um, uh, is a backer level in which uh, they allow us to see top secret stuff. Um, it's part of the Kickstarter award. I'm not really breaking uh, any any NDA or anything like that, although there was a Castle Siege testing, something that a lot of people were actually, uh, something that a lot of people were actually looking forward to. Um, and they did do Castle Siege testing uh, at the end of December. I did get to participate in that. I know Daedalus did not. So partially today, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And I know it's significantly longer. There's probably some other people who've already touched base on it that do content because I saw some of them there. Nastarish in chat. What up, buddy? How are you doing, friend? Um, Starish is good peeps, man. Streams the Elder Scrolls online pretty regularly and has been running with me lately, which is where I've been a lot lately. Um but yeah, let's do a little catching up, I think, with each other real quick. And I'll talk a little bit about Castle Siege and share some of my experience to anyone who's an Ashes fan who would like to kind of get some information on what that was like, what it was about, um, just my overall impression on it. There was a visual NDA, so we can't really share that. Any of the visual elements can't do that. Can talk about my experience, though, uh, Stephen, to give us the go-ahead to do that. But uh, what have you been up to, Daedalus? I know you had a lot going on at the end of the year. What's what's kind of on your horizon uh, as far as 2020? What's what's going on with you, man? 
Oh, well, no, I mean, I would say I had a pretty big, um, busy holiday season. I actually, uh, work-wise, relocated states. So I'm in my brand new digs, new setup here. So I've got kind of a monitor up high. So if you see me looking up, I'm just looking at Sim's old mug on a 55-inch screen. So <laughs> um, other than that, um, you know, I haven't been doing a lot Ashes-related, really, um, you know, had had you know taken a step back with all the stuff going on personally but i am pretty excited about 2020 um you know getting that creative director's letter you know at the kind of last possible day of the year was a nice surprise a lot of great info in there i'm excited to discuss it i'm excited for alpha one this year and looking forward to you know doing some more content for ashes absolutely so i uh, i also uh did not move actually i didn't move i'm sorry to let everybody down no a new change of scenery oh wait i did move but it was at the end of october so that's not really new news for anybody here i talked about it i'm sure uh but yeah i, I did get my setup i've got a standing desk now i'm sitting on a stool motion motion stool uh working on trying to uh make sure i take care of my back uh the chair those gaming chairs i'll tell you they uh they aren't as good as you would think they have like no lumbar support um make good choices don't buy those is my recommendation uh so i got this nice large uh desk and it's uh one of the adjustable where you can literally hit a, a button and electronically it'll shift it up and down they usually run starting at about 500 mine's quite large <laughs> it really is though it's a 71 by 30. <laughs> It's a 71 by 33 inch desk. That's pretty damn big. And uh, the uh, the lift on this table is uh, like literally I got the lift. This is just for anybody who's interested. If you do content creation, you just want a really nice desk. Honestly, anyone who's looking at uh, getting a, um, a standing desk, here's I'm just going to hook you up. OK, you can go on Amazon. You can get like literally an adjustable uh, desk uh the bottom like the stand portion of it the legs and everything and it's super adjustable it takes a little bit of tinkering but it's uh it'll go out to like 71 inches so it'll fit a quite large desk. actually i think it would probably fit larger than that and then uh, i got the top separately and i paid about 500 for both but nice. the smallest desk dude like way smaller than this right uh from like uplift will run you that much. So I literally got away with saving about seven to eight, $900 dude. Then buying nice. it from them hundred percent, little bit of tinkering had to kind of drill some holes and mount, you know, brackets or not brackets, but you know, make sure that the screws would tap and everything and would work well, but saved a ton of money. So yeah, if anybody's interested in that and you're in the discord in our discord here in the uh, community for the crusade, you're more than welcome to shoot me a DM uh, and I will happily send you the links and everything, how I did it. Um, it is super solid. It has been reliable and it's freaking awesome upgrade for me. Um, yeah, it doesn't even slide up and down. Literally I hit a button over here and electronically does it like it's motorized. So that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. I did a, an upgrade myself with the man cave. I had, a now I have an upstairs loft that's actually, you know, relatively to myself and I've actually got some Amazon desks, mm -hmm. um, that I got you know, about a hundred bucks a piece. I bought three of them and they're kind of like, they're, um, I wouldn't say interchangeable, but they have different pieces. So I've got like one monitor on each side and like a huge monitor and you know, TV monitor in the center and kind of a home theater going on. So I have like a combo man cave and 
home theater. So I, I you don't see it behind me. You see the universe, but I've got a cave warrior um, couch that has like re- power recline. So like my, my wife and I can chill and I actually have like our own little home theater. So yeah, I had nice. a, a nice little upgrade for Christmas. So it was, it was, it was good. So my gaming situation is, is, is pretty awesome. And thank my mm-hmm. wife for finding that, uh, yeah. that liner. That is, that is definitely bomb.com. So let's, um, I want to respond to chat there. Uh, will I stream alpha? Yes. I'll be streaming from the very first moment in alpha one. Um, and that is not going to be under NDA. They've, stuck with that ever since they mentioned that it wouldn't be um and uh there's nothing little about me chris Gaines. sorry <laughs> i need a big desk because i'm a big guy that stands about 510 yeah anyway moving on uh wulu and everything slides up blah blah, blah. reading out through chat uh, will it be available in eu top okay let's move on to talking about castle sieges all right but first, what's up with the hat? This elf needs coffee. Those are some massive ears. Uh, massive elf ears. So I had to, like, this was something that I committed to before <laughs> the end of the year. Um, and my wife actually hooked me up. She's like, I've got something for you. It's a little bit of a surprise, but I wanted to give it to you early. And she's like, I got you some elf ears. So nice, nice. I had to start off the year with some elf ears. And, uh, and as always, you know, with any day, this elf needs coffee. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, coffee's great. But to, to be clear in chat, this is a, an alcoholic beverage because this one's had a long day. Did a three hour show previously, uh, had a little 45 minute break. And here we are. My, so I'll talk a little bit about my content update. So I am uh, 100% streaming the Elder Scrolls online consistently. I went back, started doing theory crafting for it. I need to keep I got to make sure I keep those muscles work, you know, toned and nice and tight and everything, because when we get to ashes, that's something I plan on doing. And the Elder Scrolls gives me a, a really good opportunity to do that. Also, it allows me to continue to, you know, make new friends that are in the that play MMORPGs. Maybe some of them will come play uh, Ashes of Creation. I've met a couple who probably will be, which is awesome. Um it allows me to kind of make builds. I posted a new build on my uh, YouTube. It'll be up on the website. The website's being updated to all the good things. Uh, got all my integrations there now. So the website's uh, rolling. You're going to start to notice more and more uh, links back to uh, the website and to uh, the Elder Scrolls Online. So I'm pretty much Elder Scrolls Online, Ashes of Creation, once we get there. And the Rhetoric Show, along with this one, Ashes Pathfinders. Both of the podcasts are on Mondays now. One's at 4 p.m. CDT. This is at 8 p.m. CDT as usual. And then the rest of my streams are 4 p.m. CDT, except for Friday, where I do trial runs, usually on ESO. And on Saturday, uh, it's kind of a tentative day where I kind of do streaming at uh, variable times. But I stream every day this year, actually, because I challenged myself to stream every day for this entire leap year, by the way, 366 days. So you'll see me counting the days I stream in the title. We are at 13 days, so I have not missed a beat. You know, unless something really bad happens. Knock on wood. We don't need that shit. Y'all, please don't knock on. Thank you. I appreciate that because I'm prone to bad shit happening, apparently. Lady of Pain, welcome back, friend. And Irish Games in chat, also a streamer. Um, uh, welcome, everybody. And, uh, dude, I'm, I'm used to jinxing, my, jinxing myself. That's like my life, literally. So we're good. Um so as I'm looking over these things, we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about my experiences. All right. I wanted to be able to share this. I could have made a video 
uh, posted it on YouTube. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather just have the conversation here because it's kind of what we do is we report on the game. And part of reporting on the game and discussing discussing elements of the game or theory crafting around the game, Ashes of Creation, uh, uh, you know, means talking about our experiences. Some of the some of which you all aren't able to see. So if you've looked at any of the images on Ashes of Creation website, which I would encourage you to do so if you're interested in the game, um, you'll remember how sweet uh, the Castle Keep looks, right? Um, I'm going to tell you now. There are a lot of elements to testing. Uh, that you expect okay i don't expect when i do testing for there not to be these things i don't expect when i do testing for there not to be stutter you expect that because that's exactly what you're there so that they can stabilize that's what testing is about it's so they can fix issues that cause those types of things so that that isn't happening at the launch of the of the game or the game mode whatever we want to call it right and i'm going to tell y'all it was fantastic I actually wanted to play it more. And I mean, hey, this is probably so jealous right now, man. But dude, I'm telling you, you would have had fun. It was, if anybody has played the Elder Scrolls Online and you've done sieging of Keeps and Cyrodiil, all right? Think about that, but not in the sense of like current state of where you just blow those doors down or break through the wall really quick and just get right on in before people have a chance to respond. No, 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 no. There's like control points. You have to take points of the keep before you can advance in. You have like ballistas, trebuchets, right? The ballistas are pretty cool. I don't know if this is intended, but you can point that, that, that sucker like straight down. You can point it up. You can point it to the right, left. Like it's got a lot of mobility. Like movability is actually super solid. Like I was able to like kill people just like right down in front of me. I was like, bam, shooting them. I mean, but the thing is, is like you can mitigate it. You can go out of the way. The class kits are interesting. Um, so they've been presenting them to us like here's your uh abilities right these are the skills you get and everything what they didn't tell you is that you got the bar swap like in the elder scrolls online right you hit a button you flip to the next set of abilities hey faisal and chat what up buddy so it's super cool like it reminds me of flipping to your front and back bar in the elder scrolls online only these are like class kits and the really cool thing was you know how we were tinkering around with all these different weapons and stuff and like the battle Royale. Well, the cool thing is, is like each class kit has a front weapon and a back weapon. So I'm hoping that this is potentially like the, uh, uh testing that they're doing for the, you know, what, what's going to be in the game with bar swapping, essentially like switching weapons. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was cool. Like I think the cleric had like the, the archmage's companion and then you'd flip to the other bar uh, and you would have like the wand of light. Uh, I think uh, there was like the fighter, if I'm not mistaken. You could do like uh, two hander, and then you'd flip to like I want to say sword and board, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was pretty much like that for you could pretty much take every weapon type, and it was like one class kit had this, and didn't get to try out the engineer or anything like that. It was pretty fantastic. The the most uh, one of the bigger parts was like I was actually really surprised that doing castle sieges, we were going to actually get to experience it looking as good as it did in most of those screenshots we got to see. I actually expected it to be like uh, a much, much lower res version of that, essentially. And it was not. Yeah, it was like a downgrade for right. performance. 
Yeah, ex- exactly. That's what I expected. But it actually wasn't, dude. It was like super cool. And going from point to point in the keep, it was not like 10 steps. It was like a minute or two to get your ass up on the keep wall over there from one one side to the other. It wasn't, it's just not like one of those situations where when you're keeping, we're like, yo, we need you on the Eastern wall. And you're like, cool, 30 steps over and I'm there like in Cyrodiil. No, 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 no. 30, 30 seconds at the very lowest possible time frame, And that's if you're like jumping around, like gap closing to get there. Right. So that was like pretty sick. And overall it was just a much grander scale. Like it, this was not like one of those situations where you go and you quickly take the keep. Like you probably could if you're coordinated really well and the defenders don't know what they're doing. But this, I could see this with two coordinated groups potentially going for like half an hour. In fact, a few of those matches we were in were like 20-ish minutes pretty. That's like relatively, uh, I would say, a really good estimate for the the matches I was in. Now, were there bugs? Yes. Um, when I would swing at people, I usually would hit them, uh, but but sometimes I would miss them and it was because there was like a little bit of a desync going on or like people could get on top of stuff they weren't supposed to be able to or they could kind of, uh, there's one thing that's really weird and I kind of think that probably should be worked on a little bit. Um, I think the, the gates to the different areas of the keep, it would just kind of, when you approach it, just kind of rise and drop. So people could, you know, get in if you weren't careful. If there were like a bunch of people outside, some of them could get inside. I played all the roles that were available, uh, Chris Games in chat. Um, but it was pretty cool. Like, so I can share all this. I just can't show you any of it. Um, and I'm actually pretty excited for you all to be able to see it. But there were issues. Performance issues were there. Desyncing was there. But again, it, it's it's like an alpha version of this. It It looked a lot better. And I don't even, I, I honestly am pretty critical of everything going on at this point. Like Daedalus knows, trust me, he knows. I'm pretty critical. Like I'm like, you need to get your shit together and some stuff, right? Um. So Lady of Pain, he's kind of listening because he didn't get to partake in the test. <laughs> um, yeah, I was moving into my new place when. Yeah, feels bad, man. We'll, we'll get to the goodies here where we'll, we'll go back, back and forth here in just a little bit. But um, I'm partially explaining my experience to him a bit because he didn't get to but dude it was actually genuinely really fun <laughs> and uh and i'm actually really excited for people to uh check it out i think that people are going to actually be pleasantly surprised at this point uh how was the feeling for your coll- so collision was actually good in my experience the only thing is the decent kind of uh took away from you being able to have a really good uh idea about what that would be like stable like you know i mean i would say it felt pretty similar like when we talk about the game modes being comparable and like you know there being like a space that they work out of and then just different game modes like it was you could totally tell man like they're sitting here going yo we can have all the stuff we're working on the br you know it's gonna work it's going for castle sieges it's gonna work in uh the alpha one it's pretty obvious that that's the case like it's it's just it's a fact it's obvious right because you could tell that all the stuff going on in the br completely just transferred on over like you know imagine what like you could if you were to say that there were two zones on a map where two different set of things were happening and you could just walk through a gate to get to the other side 
how would things look and feel? That's pretty much it. Yeah, so it was pretty solid. Uh, do they need to work on it? Yes. Uh, I think it was like 20 or 30 person groups. So you had like 20 to 30 defenders, 20 to 30 attackers. Yeah, it was good. But that's, as, but that's for the castle sieges, right? So they're just testing the mechanics of the things that are going to be in the MMORPG later anyway. Clearly in the MMORPG, uh, there's going to be much like larger scale combat. So let's shift into that. Let's talk a little bit about the live stream where they listen. I can back and forth. And I think, I think in order to like dig into this one, I want you to maybe kind of take the lead on this. Um, what were some of the highlights for you in regard to like the live stream that we got to see last month? Well, I mean, just some of the stability tests they were talking about. I mean, on streams, they did like a kind of a showcase and granted it was gray box, right? But, you know, for kind of those that have been following the game, they did, I think it was like a 5,000 player test. Simulation. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And I mean, the fact that they had kind of 5,000 on screen, you know, and they were kind of working towards that. I mean, that's fantastic from an MMO standpoint, right? I mean, that's what we've really been looking for, those really super large-scale battles. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I think, um, you know, they're, what they're trying to combat, and I think there was a question in chat about, were they like big Zerg versus Zerg versus small mm -hmm. and multiple bites? And, I mean, they're, they're trying to kind of get away from the Zerg being like the method to do this. So there are going to be a lot of different things you can do. I mean, what they've talked about, in terms of like attacker versus defender is kind of having some ability to kind of combat the Zerg. Um, and, and you have to be more tactical in your fighting. So, I mean, you know, based on what you know, Sim's been saying, it looks like they're trying to test those things out now, but I mean, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with that. Just, I mean, imagine having like traps and stuff that you set upon your enemies that try to Zerg and, and to me, that would be kind of pretty awesome is you have a, you know, a bunch of people, you have a small force, you have like an Alamo situation and you just pour pour some boil, boiling oil on these guys and you just break up the Zerg. I mean, that would be epic in my opinion. Um, as far as like other highlights, I mean, I think, you know, to your point about the cosmetic aspect of it, I mean, I'm in love with the castle that they shared in the November live stream. I mean, it reminded me a lot of that forest map in the Battle Royale APOC. Because it is, it was part of the world, right? Mm -hmm. So you're talking about something being pretty amazing and special because it's our actual first glimpse into the game world. Mm -hmm. Seeing this first castle, kind of the TLC that they put into it, I think was pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. um, I know. I mean, I think yeah, in general, I'm just like happy that we're moving more and more towards kind of MMO type of updates, and and to me, it's like the piece that I, I feel like we just need to keep moving towards is, is just more and more art from the world, art from the creatures. And they've been trying to do that. I mean, the pseudo dragon, the horse they showed in the holiday video was a nice mm -hmm. surprise. You know, it just reminded me of the early days when, you know, the MMO was really the focus and I want to see more and more of that. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I want to see more of the character art that to me is, you know, in addition to the creatures is the most fascinating type of stuff. Yeah, but overall, I mean, I would say, I mean, I was pretty happy with the live streams in general. Um, I feel like they've got a good cadence going on, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do, um, you know, in the you know, the first live stream of the year, knowing that they said that they were starting internal testing on Castle Siege. 
um, and and they are really gearing up for um, you know GDC in March, and and that being their first major showcase of Alpha One, mm-hmm. which you know everybody that's part of the community is chomping at the bit for. Yeah, I think that they had mentioned wasn't that GDC they were going to showcase the Alpha One environment, right? Yeah, the first iteration yeah. of Alpha One, which yeah. you know that that's that's a pretty epic milestone, and I know um, you know the team has been working you know, very hard, you know, behind the scenes and, you know, the community hasn't seen a lot. Um, so you've got a lot of people that are, you know, you know, pretty upset about that. But the bottom line is, is they they really want to have their first major showing of the client be solid. And that may mean that they need to go into, you know, no news mode for a little bit, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that 2020 is the year of reveals. Yeah. That's, that's my my major um, mm-hmm. hope for the year. Yeah, definitely. I think the the thing on the live stream that really was like surprised to see was that they were actually showcasing that many simulated players. Uh, I didn't expect to see that video. That was actually surprising to me. Not because I didn't think that they, I guess, I guess, I guess we get so caught up in seeing all of the like, ah, here's the cosmetics, which we'll talk about a little bit. Here's the cosmetics and you can get this and you can get that. And it's like, all right, that's great. Okay, cool. Let's show you some of this, you know, CGI rendered versions of these. And let's show you some little cool video tidbits of like this creature or that creature, you know, this or that. And it's like, well, that's awesome. But what about that back end stuff we all want to see? Like, you know, are you going to be able to manage this many people on a server? So just seeing that pop up on the stream was actually like, oh, shit. Okay, so they're. All right. All right. Cool. Right on. You guys are actually on this. And this is the kind of stuff that people are going. We question if this is even happening. Mm-hmm. So them showing that was, I think, really important and and valuable to the community. I think for a lot of people, it was very uh, reassuring. Um, but again, I, I agree with you. I, I do think that if if what they need to do to be productive and to to make the gains that we're all wanting to 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 be aware that they're making, if it's if it if it serves the studio well and the game well, which is what we care about, for them to go silent and to work on this, so be it, dude. Like I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I would love the game to be out already. Don't get me wrong. Trust me, I would. But I don't want the game to release. And I know Steven's not going to do that. Like, he's too high. He wants things to be, like, up to his standard. And he's got a damn high standard, right? And and for that reason, like, we're kind of waiting. And that's okay to me. Uh, but, you know, if it means that we got to wait another couple years till the game's out, I'm, I'm okay, sure. Like, ideally and realistically, would I like that to be earlier? Sure. I would be happy with that. Um. But you know, yeah, but I want the high standard. I want the game to look as good as it possibly can. And everything that people are saying now about the BR and even I'm saying about Castle Sieges, the important thing to note is that I would say if I was to give it a number nine times out of 10, when you test an alpha, that is not how good the game is going to look. In fact, it's not close to how good the game is going to look at launch, genuinely. So if it's looking good like this and what's being considered the alpha state, I'm feeling pretty good about a launch as long as it's all functioning well. So, so be it. Take your time, right? Just, just don't miss a beat when it comes to communication to the community. Um, so they talked about the 5,000, uh, they showcased the 5,000 player. The thing I was really stoked to see 
And I'm not going to sit here. I, I had somebody come on stream the other day and go like, I'm surprised you didn't make a, a, a video about the map. I'm like, why am I going to make a video about the map? Well, every content creator is making a video about the map. And I'm like, uh, okay. I mean, that's cool. But when I look at the map, I'm kind of going, it's nice to know what, where the land's going to be. But until I see like what, where's the old Empyrean ruins at? Like, where's the, you know, where did the Harbinger land in Dilia's diary, right? Like, where did that happen? When you start putting points on this map and telling me where that happened, then I start to be able to really theorycraft more around it. Uh, it's really cool to see. You know, the thing that's actually really awesome is in World of Warcraft, the two land masses are pretty well uh, formed together. It's a pretty big land mass mm -hmm. on both sides. Tamriel is just a big chunk of land on the on the world nern right and the elder scrolls online or the elder scrolls period uh but this one we, we knew that we were gonna have oceans and the, the big takeaway about this is as i'm looking at this i'm going damn man there's like a lot of little islands and like a lot of patches around the major chunk of the world uh or these two continents where it's like man it's like not really big this is gonna very clearly have a lot of water, a lot of like probably lush vegetation. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing hopefully a lot of waterfalls, which if I can get my housing by one of those, we are set friends. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope a metropolis pops up right around there on the uh, Western continent. I'm digging the Western continent if I was to like pick one because uh, the Eastern continent looks like a whole lot of, you want to freeze your ass off and I'm not a fan of the cold. I got frostbite in the army, so totally different story, but but Sim, that doesn't equate to in-game. Don't, don't tell me how to live my life. I RP how I want, okay? Um, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but honestly, it's like, it's a really cool world map. The The main takeaway, though, is the square quadrants, mm -hmm. right? So you get an idea of scaling, right? 480 square kilometers at launch, am I right? It's been a while since we've been actively talking about this, but 480 square kilometers. So you can look at that and you can do the math. And there's a lot of water mass. Um, and this doesn't account for the possibility of what if we go to other worlds? Yeah. And expansions and stuff. I'm just going to assume that's probably a, a possibility. But when you look at the game at launch, that's that's significant. I'm not going to break the map down. But if I look at that, that's pretty damn significant. And it's open world. Yeah, and the big takeaway for me, in addition to what you said, was the the different environments, the biomes. I mean, I know we've seen bits and pieces throughout, you know, the the current development cycle, but just kind of being able to see desert, forest, you know, winter type, that kind of thing, and like you said, all those little islands and stuff. It it's definitely a world that I feel like is going to be really, you know. Mm -hmm. dialed in for exploration and kind of venturing out i mean i think that was fantastic and seeing that in the creative director's letter yeah. was kind of a huge boon for me and it was something that i think we've been asking about for months this not even from a content creation standpoint alone but yeah. the community's like show us a map uh, you know it's like this whole like what's in the box and show us a map and you know at the same time that was kind of the, the two mm -hmm. memes that we had outside of the sandal so it was like we really wanted to see this map and i'd have to say i mean like i said it's not anything that i was like oh i need to make a video on this i mean I, but it was enough for me to say 
yes, now, you know, now it's starting to come together for, for me and the hype has returned in terms of, um, you know, what the world's going to be like and all the different places to explore. So, yeah, I think that to me was the biggest takeaway from that. Um, you know, and like for me, the, the biggest surprise was that in the director's letter, I did not expect to see a world map. So, mm -hmm. you know, nice work, Stephen. Nice work. Yeah. And, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I totally agree on this one right here. That was, you know, this was a big delivery for me because you, this, this, I don't know. For me, this makes the game a lot more real. Mm -hmm. You know, because one thing when we see it, we see this little sandbox space that we do this VR out of and we know that stuff's going to go over. When you think about this, you guys, like, yeah, it looks super nice, Faisal. Like, I look at this, I'm going, oh, shit. Like, remember all those, like, theory crafting sessions we had when we were kind of going... Imagine how the seasons could potentially like ice up and block something and you couldn't get through. And I mean, you look at this map and you're like, man, there's a lot. And and honestly, when you think about caravans, this also makes caravans a lot more interesting. Like you're not just going to be going oh, yeah. on like some super direct only land like trade route. You're going to be probably going over like multiple bodies of water, through forests, through mountains, through the desert, like... Yeah, I, you know, I'm really, really interested in seeing how this game's gonna look, and I'm sitting here and imagining how good all this is gonna look, and wondering where everything is sitting. Because when I look at, when you look at this, like some of these places on the map almost look like old keeps or ruins, mm -hmm. and you know, until we know a little bit more, you can't really do much with that. But it's good to see this because it feels real. It feels more real. Like the actual world in the game looks more real to me, but yeah, agreed. You know, we're getting a lot of feedback from them in the director's letter about, uh, just the year ahead GDC, uh, essentially doing, you know, alpha one being out. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I ideally, I would like to see Alpha One be out before the summer. I don't know if we're going to get there. I don't really know what the time frame is going to look like if people ask me at this point because it's an MMORPG and it's it's it would be nice if it was ready sooner than later. But you know, uh, if we can get to Alpha One by middle of this year, maybe maybe even into the fall, I'd be pretty happy. I think because when you get to an Alpha One MMORPG testing stage, like you tend to be getting you know, the world's come together on the back end. You're just really, you're really kind of tying details in and landmarks and stabilization. And then comes all the cool, cool shit we're looking for, like uh, trade, caravans, crafting, uh, professions, uh, you know, augmentation to skills and all this other really cool stuff that we only can um, think about right now. Um, we got a dev discussion. And the dev discussion it relates to what they said here. This is the 14th one, content level equalization. And they posed the question, what are your thoughts on content level equalization in MMOs and why? For example, when higher level players are brought down to lower levels to complete or recomplete content with newer players. Now, I'm going to tell you what I think. I'm going to let you kind of give me your two cents on this, but I, I, I'm going to... Theorize this is them trying to get some feedback from the community 
on the mentor system. I could be wrong, but I think mentor system when I think this, because we've had conversations previously about, uh, well, new players start out in, in zones. What's going to give old, uh, you know, players that are now max level a reason to come back to those zones and potentially help new players. And they talked about the mentor system. And so I'm wondering if this content level equalization that we've talked about is going to tie into that. Uh, but overall, what was maybe some of your thoughts about that particular discussion in the forums? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the mentoring system is part of it, but I'm thinking too, um, you know, if you do have zones that progress up to a certain point, right? You don't, you want to um, have a way for players that are maybe newer or lower level to be able to contribute to those bigger nodes, right? I, it would be, to me, it would be a little difficult for a node to grow further if you maybe only have a small contingent of high-level players. You need everybody to have a way to contribute in some form. Um, so I mean, to me, in general, content equalization, you have to really strike a balance because you don't want to trivialize the content. But at the same time, you want, you know, players to come in the game, you know, you know, if they have a friend that refers them or, you know, you know, they're maybe slower in terms of leveling because of time, you don't want them to necessarily feel left out of everything, right? There's going to be certain things you're just going to need to time invest into, in my opinion. Um, and, and, you know, there you shouldn't kind of dumb that down, right? I mean, there's games like World of Warcraft. Um, that, that have done that, have had kind of tiers of content. You pretty much do the same content with a few tweaks, you know, as an LFR player versus, you know, as a, you know, heroic mythic player, you've just got, you know, different levels of difficulty, but it still feels like, you know, you're dumbing down the content. Mm. Um, I know that's not the only situation in terms of people just, you know, leveling slowly or coming into the game. Um, but you might, you know, want to be able to, to have an opportunity to play with your friends. I mean, I think you can address it. And I, a lot of this maybe came up in what players were giving feedback to the devs on on the forums was you just have some, you know, content that scales and some that doesn't. Obviously, you still want to incentivize players to kind of help their lobby friends in some way, but not make it so attractive that it's an exploit or a way to kind of cheese the content. If I recall correctly, I want to say Guild Wars 2 did a decent job of this. And mm -hmm. there was a, a decent sidekicking system in City of Heroes that had some merit. But the important point, I think, here is, like I said, don't kind of cheapen the content, but also make sure that every player has some sort of contribution. Um, and just be careful about homogenizing the content so that you're not just, you know, making it you know everybody gets a trophy you yeah. want to kind of focus it on having maybe instant content instance content maybe being more scalable versus open world where if you go into a place that's more difficult i mean you're gonna get rocked i mean one of the coolest experiences i've ever had in mmos has been that level of experience where i go to a zone a maybe a little lower level on you know, World of Warcraft was one, EverQuest was another, where I was just, you know, scared out of my mind, but I needed to traverse this really difficult area. And that was, you know, that was an important experience to me because I learned, I was careful. I wasn't just, you know, cheesing the content and getting it through because everything was about my level and I didn't really have any real danger. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, you want to balance that out because you don't want players to be carried and then end up 
not learning how to really play their class, have a way for them to utilize their skills, still be useful, but also still learn to play their class, learn different encounter mechanics. You're kind of giving them a way to maybe step into the content that doesn't, like I said, homogenize the experience. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, I think one example of equalization that I think is pretty good now in the Elder Scrolls Online, in the beginning of the game, they were like, oh, we're never going to make it to where uh, there wasn't really level scaling um, in the sense of like everybody could, you couldn't really cross faction, right? So they kind of made it to where things scaled to your level a little bit more. They made the world bosses more difficult. Uh, and uh, one one thing that's really good about that is up to like right now, the champion point cap for uh, monsters and gear and everything cp160 has been that way for a long time um but with that being said uh you know no matter whether you're level one or your cp uh 810 which is the cap for champion points in the game like you could get you could go with your friends and it's going to kind of scale to like your uh your level to a sense right so especially like if you look at like uh, level one through 50 like if I'm level 45, I can go and I can meet up with my buddy who's level five. We could do the same thing together and it's going to kind of meet us at our level. And I think that's something that's actually a, a really good example of equalization for content, um, especially in regard to like things like world bosses, um, uh, quest bosses, uh, dungeons, elves, or open world dungeons, et cetera. I think that's a pretty good example, but I think you you brought up some really good uh, points about how uh, about everything you just kind of said. So I'm going to kind of switch away from this discussion and what the fuck is going on with the cosmetics this month, man? What's up with that creepy head winged creature, dude? <laughs> like they're yeah, cool. But, say, um, um, I mean, there was a, like, a few things. I, there was highs and for this month's cosmetic. I mean, I definitely, I think the, uh, the creatures had some, I would say, I, I guess, I don't know. Uh, to me, I wasn't necessarily as fond of those, but I did, um, and I did also feel like, I mean, the the character models themselves were kind of a missed opportunity. At least the way I looked at the cosmetics, they were pretty like Vec-like. So we didn't get to see any Vec. We got oh. to see like a human with this garb on it. And to me, that was a missed opportunity. I mean, I like the style of it. Um, I thought kind of the Aladdin type feel made me think of Oldham, which I really love in uh, Oldham in World of Warcraft is one of my right. favorite zones. This felt good, um, but I would have to say the pets and mounts were just kind of weird. Um, but they were, you know, I mean, I'd have to say I, I did like the the little creature with little the pet. like the star tail. I think yeah, the pet was pretty cool. Yeah, okay, good. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I would have to say. Um, <laughs> wasn't my favorite overall month i mean there's definitely been months that have kind of jumped out of me as like oh that's pretty awesome i mean the december stuff was fantastic i mean i i like the the game of thrones feel to what they did i mean there's definitely there but this this month i felt like there were some good things like things i like but there were some definitely some missed opportunities in terms of maybe showcasing you know having like a character reveal um you know mm -hmm. character art for like say the vec yeah i agree um, and, and then some of the like art was you know a little like okay the mount i i was not my favorite mount. 
<laughs> like it was, it was not my favorite mount. And it's like a tent with like a globe in the middle. It's like here's where you go to yeah, get your fortune told. I mean, it's not bad, but I think I think if they had put like a Vec, Vec orcs in the in the garb, it would have felt more. I think that people would have been like, oh, okay, so this is like some Vex stuff, but we didn't really kind of get that. So I can agree with that because the little critter had like almost like a constellation look to it on the yeah outside. Yeah, definitely, that was cool. I did like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah the uh, the 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 that mount skin. I don't know, man. I feel like I'd be a little creeped out riding that thing, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I would. Which is good if Once you're into creepy shit. That damn flower from WoW that still hunts my that, dreams. <laughs> that like sings to you. Someone's been yeah, playing retail. I run in the opposite direction. <laughs> so seriously, when people bring those in raids. I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I know. Like, where is my torch? If I had a torch, I would burn it with fire. Man, it was pretty cool. But yeah, I like some of the previous cosmetics a lot more. I'll probably get like the pet, but I don't know about the rest of that, dude. Let's get into the topic that you discussed because I don't like talking about the cosmetics a whole lot unless I find it really interesting. And they're they're cool. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, she looks like she could have been a Medusa in another life, but she didn't get the snake body. She got like the snake tail. Or yeah, a tail on yeah. a snake, winged body, and like, oh, hi, I don't have snakes in my head anymore. Would you date me? No. Saying. Yeah, for show. For show, bro. Okay, let's look at this. When you talked about what you thought could be a potentially, a Sphinx is a good example, Night Scream, and also Hello Friend. Um, hey, Night Scream. Yo, yo. You talked about the job openings at Intrepid Studio. There was some discussion in Discord, I think I saw. Mm-hmm. With there being a couple people that aren't there anymore or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they've got a pretty good number of job openings. Now we know they've been, uh, you know, recruiting and hiring for some time. They're always on the lookout for good devs. It's always great. Um, but yeah, where they're going to be moving to the studio soonish. But what were some of your thoughts about the, uh, what was, what was some of what was on your mind when you brought that topic up? Well, one of the things I was like, I was thinking through, I was thinking through the creative directors, thinking through kind of the recent, you know, happenings here, the last part of the year where we had some like key folks like, you know, Matt Broom leaving Intrepid, um, you know, kind of for whatever reason, right? I mean, we had some other, you know, changes at at the studio. And I think this year definitely feels like a year for growth for intrepid i mean they need to grow their team they need to get to that new um new facility so i mean i know there was some questions about that in the last couple of streams but there wasn't really like commitment to say hey yes have you we've moved um and they obviously you know from what they were saying they needed more space to bring people on but to Mm -hmm. me it was a little concerning you know, to say, okay, this late in the game, you've got a lot of senior roles open, right? I mean, I know they have a lot of talented people on the team. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Um, I mean, I think it makes sense, you know, that they're maybe just trying to get on more roles because they're moving into this, you know, new building and now they have more capacity. But um, I was hoping to hear in December, hey, we're you know, we're moved, we're just getting settled, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just hope that all gets you know, sorted pretty soon. Cause I think in order for them to meet the commitments that Steven laid out in the letter, 
they are going to need a lot of these senior roles. Um, you know, anybody that might have left, right? You know, and also, um, you know, just filling out their team so they can move forward. I mean, we've been seeing a lot of cosmetic work over the past year, right? And that's because they probably got a pretty decent, you know, uh, you know, art team that can really pump that out where we haven't seen a lot of updates has been on the other side. And that partly could be that they were, you know, ramping up staff or needed to ramp up staff. It could also be, I mean, logically it could be that they didn't want to reveal a lot because they were still mm -hmm. working on a lot of the major fundamental stuff. But, but to me, it was like, it was, um, you know, a little concerning that they were looking for so many senior roles, but again, it, you could explain that by, um, you know, the, the move not happening when they expected it to. But like I said, I think it's anyone's guess at this point, but that to me was something I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what's going on here. Hopefully they can get the people they need. Cause I know when they were looking for community people a long time back, that was a huge barrier for them communicating quite a bit. Um, mm. So, I mean, again, same thing here with the, the game development updates. Maybe they have, have had to move at a slower pace because they were lacking some senior roles and lacking space to support those senior roles. Yeah, I think that that's the main thing for me too, is I think that it was just that there were as many senior roles as there were. And I don't um, know, I had seen this on the discord somewhere uh, in the I think general chat or whatever of it all. They were basically talking about people were, I think he even talked about on the live stream, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're talking about how there were people that weren't there anymore. I don't know the roles. I didn't pay enough attention. Uh, I I kind of wish I had because I didn't know if it was anybody that maybe we were, uh, you know, fond of, we, you know, anybody that we actually liked or whatever that, that we were kind of familiar with. Like if it had been vacant or been like, oh, shit, like, oh, <laughs> you know. I mean, but the big shocker for happened. me was Matt Broom, I personally at PAX West like a year or two back um mm -hmm. and and he was like you know seemed like a pretty inspired guy a really solid guy but you know for whatever reason parted ways with Intrepid so yeah. that was kind of a big shocker to me but I haven't been up on kind of the latest kind of comings and goings um from Intrepid but you know um yeah I would be interested to maybe do some offline research and see who actually mm -hmm. turned over because that that would be interesting to know yeah, I agree. So I think uh, we've covered the majority of the things we had on our agenda. Uh, I think some of what I'd like to kind of wrap this this particular episode up with, I think we talked about doing one in two weeks from now. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll do another show in two weeks, which is going to be like the da, 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 28th or something. So hopefully it should be after, uh, right? 27? Yeah, it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that is. It's been a long day, everybody. Okay. I'm just saying, forgive me, friends. But uh I think we'll do one in about two weeks, which should put us after, hopefully, 27, thank you. It should put us, I'm hoping, after the live stream at the end of the month, because then they'll give us a good bit to talk about. And if they, you know, are able to showcase more of Alpha 1 in testing environment, I mean, if they're going to be going to GDC, which is in, what is that? Is that March. It yeah, March. I thought it was spring. Okay. So it's March. So you're talking like a month and a half-ish, two months yeah. maybe? Okay, two months. So they got to be gearing up for this. So if they're going to be showcasing Alpha 1 at the GDC, I just don't see them taking that to the GDC without it looking good. Yeah. I mean, 
with the with the criticisms and some of the feedback they've gotten from the community and with you know things and, and the way the delivery with apoc is gone i just don't see them going there and going and eh, we're just gonna wing it like they haven't been going to some of the other uh paxes and stuff recently and um i think i'm i'm hoping that this is going to be a really nice reveal hopefully spi peeps will be able to you know check it out a little bit you know ahead of time so we can kind of especially here on the show report that to you um you know we've myself and dayless have both done alpha zero testing back in the day mm-hmm. um but alpha zero is not alpha one so we don't have a reference point for you um but it would be nice to be able to have that uh for people at a time but with that being said i think it's a good segue into the final point which is uh, what do you hope and or want to see in 2020 like if you had three things that you really are hoping for realistically, what are they? As far as like a prediction, um, I mean, to mm-hmm. me, it's like um, that alpha will progress throughout the year. I mean, I'm like being realistic here. I'm expecting at the earliest we'll see like an alpha two won't be until Q4. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of knowing kind of where they stand in terms of development um, I'm not expecting to see a beta this year, but that's kind of the key message. So yeah. to me, I think it would be good while it wouldn't be like good from a game development standpoint. I think the community would probably be like, you know, burn me at the stake for saying this, but I think, you know, you're going to need a good year to get through alpha one and start alpha two. Um, I think you'll probably at the earliest see late, you know, Q2 next year as a possible launch date. Um, But that's, you know, again, that's probably being conservative. Um, I mean, I think as far as like three things that I would like to see, I mean, I definitely want to see all the classes this year. Um, I definitely want to see some kind of working node sieges, kind of working um, node kind of leveling, voting, kind of all those core systems we should be able to see all the major core systems this year in some form or another. Yeah. Um, But obviously like alpha is about feature testing. So that's what I'm expecting to see is all the different features. Um, And I would like to see, you know, as kind of my second point, I'd like to see definitely a lot more in terms of content on the actual game system. So class content, node content, um, and I'd, I also like the third thing I'd like to see is a roadmap and everything that goes along with that. So a summary of what their progress are is minimum like monthly. Hey, here's, you know, our roadmap. Here's where we are. Here's a summary of the key things that are blocking us. Here's our upcoming milestones and kind of tracking progress. I think we do need to go back into a transparent mode. I mean, they don't have to go into gory detail. They don't have to reveal anything that's necessarily proprietary or things they don't want to necessarily share with competitors, but they should at least give the, you know, uh, community a sense of the progress um, as opposed to, you know, this kind of stay quiet and then big bang strategy. I think that's probably not the greatest strategy for 2020. If the creative director's letter is going to tell us anything, it's like, well, they said we're going to get a steady stream of content. So hopefully that, content 
involves us kind of seeing these core systems and especially core system is the combat mechanics, the hybrid mm-hmm. combat. Right. Something they've been a little back and forth on too in discussions yeah, related we've to we've only seen action, yeah. you know, other than Alpha Zero. So I'm interested to see how that's going in relation to, you know, Alpha One, because I'm expecting Alpha One is going to have hybrid combat. Yeah. And to speak to chat, though, Faisal, like uh, if Castle Sieges are any indicator, it's action, right? There's no tab targeting. So I don't think we're going to get to see any kind of hybrid. They even mentioned hybridization likely isn't even going to happen until maybe Alpha and Alpha 1, 2. Like, and that's when they start to implement the other races and things of that nature. Because, um, you know, tab target in MMORPG is not difficult. Um, you know, implementing a, and some sort of a reticle system and targeting and things of that nature. We've got that. We've got it working pretty well for the most part. Um, you know, one thing about the game Elder Scrolls Online and in playing that is it's it's a pretty solid example of what an action tab target combat system can look like when you kind of sit in the middle a bit. Um, but that's something that's uh, also very indicative of uh, the Elder Scrolls series in general. Uh, not the tab target part, but just the way that the third person to first person can kind of uh, can kind of move um, and the reticle system in general. But yeah, I think for me, I, I you know, I've I, I've been pretty conservative all along. People are like, we're going to get it at the end of this year. And I'm like, yeah, maybe it's an unrealistic expectation uh, to, to think that just because, you know, everyone's saying they expect that that's when it's going to release. That's what you're going to get. And people going, well, we should have gotten it at the end of 2018. I'm like, what? Go to Kickstarter said it. Kickstarter said your rewards would be rewarded with an estimate of 2018. You know, they're not est- they're not giving us an estimate any- anymore. And I think I'm with you. I think uh, Alpha One around summer would be, I mean, I'm hopeful about Alpha Two at the end of the year because they talked about going from Alpha Two to Beta. Uh, beta is not expected to be a long phase of testing. So if that's the case, then if we get that in like, you know, spring of next year, then kind of aligns with my assumption or educated guess of like summer mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i'm there with you so hopefully that's it uh any any expectations for yourself like what's something you want to do as a content creator right like what would you like to be able to get doing again because i used to do like theory crafting on the classes i know that's something i'm looking forward to is being able to theory craft uh potential ideas for builds or <laughs> it was in chat alpha one before humanity settles on Mars. Nice. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I would have to say, I like you hit the nail on the head for what I really enjoyed about theory crafting was the alpha one. Oh, sorry. Not the alpha. Got alpha one on the brain was the class stuff. So I would like to kind of go back and kind of um, remix what I've, looked at and say how close was i you know with the abilities and the different kind of class types so i would definitely love to do something like that again you know bring back you know my um my folks that came on my show like you know yourself and you know ty and all like the people from kind of the community that you know has been supporting me um i definitely feel like that would be a great you know great way to get back into it i'm really interested also to kind of um 
hero and, and kind of do some more lore exploration too and kind of look at the different environments so kind of being able to explore that in video topics or even podcasts i think would be really cool and i would like to kind of do um something more creative along the lines of you know maybe some rp stuff like you know limited rp stuff and and i think that would be you know to me that would be a nice balance of kind of seeing some mechanics and actually doing something creative with you know what i like to do in terms of writing as a hobby yeah i just want to get i always want to get to theory crafting around the builds we had a few uh back when this was called the simcast we used to have a few uh, discussions where we theory crafted uh, the potential for the classes and what that could look like and I think being able to take abilities and actually look at what the augmentation realistically could look like would be a lot of fun. I would thrive doing that. Um, also, I think uh, if more stories come out and we get a bit more on the lore, which I know they're keeping close to the chest, mm -hmm. if we get a little bit more on the lore and or even just like some markers on the map and identifiers for like this is where you know these people were, this people were, this is even maybe where the uh, the Tolnar are going to be when you start or something. If we get to those points, because you're not giving a lore away at that point, you're giving people a lot to speculate. You start identifying mm -hmm. like, here's a ruins for the dwarves. Here's a ruins for the Imperium. Here's a uh, ruins for the Kalar or something like that. If you start to go through and do that, that's pretty interesting. That could be a lot of fun. Overall, I just want to to see, like you said, a little bit more uh, transparency, especially I think, I think GDC is a really good, uh, opportunity for them to shift that to i think that's the moment if there is one for them to shift back into more of an open development again and uh i'm hoping they do we'll see what happens um but yeah overall i'm just ready to to, to have more to work with so that i can create regular content around the game again and i know not just myself plenty of other content creators and also just community members are, are ready to kind of immerse themselves again um into more more thriving conversations around the game so i hope in the next you know three to six months we'll we'll get to start to see that pick up again uh back to where it was uh in in the first year or so uh, after the kickstarter so and with that being said i think that's our show friends everyone it's been fantastic having you here again uh we are going to probably plan the next ashes pathfinder show for two weeks from today um rhetoric will be back again next week uh and ashes pathfinders is going to be following it once we get back to where we have enough information with ashes to do regular weekly shows we'll be back on track with weekly shows again too so there is that it has been a lot of fun everybody i hope you all have had a, a really happy new year a really good holiday and uh definitely looking forward to more ashes pathfinder shows and uh, uh, kind of seeing you all in game, Daedalus. Why don't you shout out your channel and your stuff and things, let people know where you reign from, friend. Sure, uh, you can reach me on my website at uh, .com. Um, You can catch me on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. And you can catch me on Twitter at, at The Ashen Herald. I'm Samorg, I've been your host. You can catch me here seven days a week streaming on Twitch and all my other content will be on YouTube regularly as we move into my everyday streaming mission this year. On that note, I'm going to get out of here and go get some rest because tomorrow will come uh, real soon, friends. It's been fantastic. Have a great 
rest of your week. We'll catch you here for here in a couple of weeks for the next Ashes Pathfinders. And until next time, we'll catch you on stream, friends. Have a great couple of weeks. Good night, everyone. Good night.